Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Edmund with the after party behind the mic. Where amateur voice actors get together and talk about voice actor things. I am joined, oh I'm Edmund by the way, haha <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Joined today by the following immaculate voices. If you guys, if, oh goodness, if you guys want to introduce yourselves starting from the top. Um, hi, I'm Ashley Sacon. Nice to say hello to everybody. <laughs> And I'm Manuel, the Fluency Bringer. And today we shall be talking about the very, very important business of how to make money as a voice actor or how to keep food on the table. Um, for all of us kind of starting out, this is um, kind of, you know, the point that, you know, is a little bit important, being able to financially support yourself as a voice actor. And although we all start start with kind of the intention of like, we're doing it because we love it. It is also kind of important to be able to continue to live. So uh, it's a great idea to at least think about um, how to keep, uh, how to make money as a voice actor, even if you're doing it as a side hustle, uh, which at this point, most of us are. We're just kind of side hustling hobbyist voice actors at the beginning of our careers. And there's nothing wrong with staying in that spot, but there is actually still a, a ability to make money as as a hobbyist, as a um, not professional part-time voice actor. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of their gigs are obviously going to be unpaid, going to be volunteer work, but. There is a lot of demand out there for voice acting, for voiceovers, for lots and lots of things. Whether you're looking locally in terms of like your local radio station doing ad reads or your local grocery store doing like announcements. There's a lot of places you can go and sell your voice to a client and they'll be more than happy to, you know, buy your service or buy your voice and have you announce something for them if that is you know, uh, you approach them as a voice actor or a voiceover specialist. You can just be like, yeah, I can do an ad read for you. I can do a little commercial for you. And if they are of the budget and able, we'll probably end up paying you, which is always a cool, fun prospect to think about. And for this episode, we just want to give people an idea of what that payment should look like, uh, the ideals what it often looks like realistically in practice and give you an idea so you don't go in blind not knowing how valuable your voice is because let's be honest you probably haven't ever asked anyone to give you money to talk that's probably not something most people are familiar with <laughs> if uh if I'm right, I, I don't think any of us have landed um, paid gigs yet, right? So, yeah, I have gotten some paid gigs before, uh, but they were very underpaid because I was just starting out and I had no idea what I was doing. And I believe that what you said is true, like there is a lot of unpaid work, but probably someone loves your voice, then uh, they will probably pay you for your voice. Uh, but probably the money that you're gonna get is not gonna be as good as you will expect, right? But you do have like very big chances of getting paid work at first uh, by getting to know the right people. 
That's true. Uh, especially uh, beginning out uh, as a kind of entering the industry space of voice acting. Getting to know your peers, your potential clients, that is going to be kind of your big gateway into those paid gigs, into getting money, into getting some sort of uh, monetary uh, reimbursement at that point. Um, it's a very tight-knit community is what I'm learning, a tight-knit industry. And that is a, that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. You want to get those networks set up because that, that is uh, the way that jobs are going to go to you um, specifically for your voice. And when people get to know you and your voice, when you start to build out your own personal brand, then you can start selling that brand to them, to you know those people that you've met, and they can in turn sell your voice to people they know. And eventually that comes around and hopefully gets you a little bit of money. Um, it's an investment. Uh, you're investing your time into networking. You're investing your uh, kind of effort in building these relationships in order to see eventual returns on those investments in the form of potential work coming in down the line, even more connections that could broaden your network of potential clientele. Uh, and that's really, really important. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying that you have to know everyone in the industry, but having a base of people that you can go to for work the types of people that will be able to send work your way send you auditions that is extremely important especially as a hobbyist as a part-timer because you won't have an agent you will most likely just be freelancing from your bedroom studio or something and that emphasis on being able to have a network of people around you who can funnel work your way so you don't spend all your time submitting auditions for every single casting call on Twitter or on Casting Call Club or on voiceactors.com like that voice one two three um, stuff like that it, it saves you a lot of headache having your own personal network of peers potential clients local businesses you definitely want to start uh, ingratiating yourself with the locals uh, and building up your own little thing. Yeah, definitely. Yes, uh, I believe that the, the best way to start this is by um, through a passion project. That's uh, what some people call it. And, and basically, if no one is going to hire you at first because you need experience, what you have to do is just hire yourself. You could create content on YouTube um, to use your uh, voice acting skills. You could do some... Uh, ASMR uh, channels. There's, I know some uh, BAs that do that and they actually get paid uh, a lot of money by their fans uh, through Patreon and other uh, donation platforms. So if you want to start getting money with your voice, uh, that's something you could do. You could narrate stories, creepypasta, uh, comic doves, uh, or even game live streams uh, where you voice the lines of the character with your friends live. So you can do many things uh, so that you can attract people and people uh, start liking your voice. And that way, if they really like you, they will be willing to pay you a few dollars um, through Patreon. Or even if they know uh, um, 
someone who is looking for a voice actor, then probably can help you uh, land a paid gig. So, yeah, basically start doing something with your voice and not waiting for other people to give you work is the best way to start. Right, right. Uh, excellent point to bring up. Uh, 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 do things, continue to do things, continue to send in your auditions, uh, make personal content, uh, whatever that entails. And that is kind of the, the basis by which the people around you will be able to know you is by your work, by your auditions, by your samplers. If you want to make a little sampler of your own voice doing different like characters or something like that, that is, that is how people will know you. So definitely want to have work in your pocket so that you can show to other people. And with that, like Manuel was saying, comes the idea of monetizing on your own passion projects if, if you want to continue off of that uh, idea, Manuel. Yeah, sure. Uh, when it comes to monetizing your own passion projects, like you said before, uh, if you create a YouTube channel, that's a very easy way to uh, monetize your voice. Uh, you just have to be good at what you're doing. Okay, you don't have to copy others. You don't have to sound a certain way. Uh, by creating content, people will start to like you. Uh, like you like your voice and the way you speak and you talk. So if you do some stories, creepypasta, comic dubs and everything, people will start to like you. And if you let them know that you have a Patreon account and our uh, other uh, platforms for uh, donations, they will gladly uh, give you some money in order to support you, support the creator of the content you're doing. And I guess that one of the easiest way to start um, a YouTube channel is through a podcast nowadays. And it's actually really good for monetization because uh, as you'll know, if you have a podcast host, um, they do pay you a commission for all the downloads that you get for your podcast. So if your podcast is very famous and a lot of people listen to it, you can start getting some money out of it. So basically, uh, I have I myself have started a podcast and it wasn't that good. But even then, uh, I was able to get a sponsor for my podcast. Uh, and also some uh, people uh, wanted to support me on Patreon. So even if your podcast is not good, you can start getting some money out of it, right? So probably it's not gonna make you a lot of money to uh, to quit your part-time job or to even quit your full-time job, but it's some nice extra money you could use even to uh, invest in your uh, voiceover or voice acting career. Uh, you could use it to uh, get a better microphone, get some coaching. Coaching is very important in this industry. You got to learn from... Uh, the experts that are doing this. Um, yeah, so I believe that starting a podcast is a very good way to monetize and even to start getting some funds uh, to invest in your career. Yeah, and even if it's not specifically a podcast that you're rolling out personally, you can do uh, like regular YouTube content, like he was saying, like copy pastas. Um, we keep saying YouTube. We're not like sponsored by YouTube or anything, but with just the way it is youtube is a marketing monster um it's so easy to put things onto youtube so easy to share them to spread them to market it and you're just in front of you know millions and millions upon millions of people who use it every single day and it's it's a great 
place for you to garner your slice of audience. Um, so yeah, you can really start to get that kind of um, that kind of uh, monetization out of anything that you're doing: podcast, YouTube, Twitch streaming, anything. And uh, Ashley, as as sort of a, a part-time hobbyist, uh, a voice actor, in your experience, I mean, what what are kind of the questions you have in terms of like what kind of uh, mon? You know, I don't know if it's like what are you wondering about? If that makes any sense in terms of like money and things. Well, um, honestly, uh, a lot of the auditions that I have found uh, on Casting Call Club have been, I mean, let's face it, most of the ones that I've seen that have been very well paid have gone to people who are already, you know, in the industry since we're just, you know, trying to break in here. Um, But a lot of them have had things like... Uh, that are a little lower tier have been uh, have had listed themselves as paid and yet when you read the fine print it's if this does well on YouTube or if this does well etc etc and we make enough money then you might get paid (laughs) so um, I just wanted to point out sort of uh, the difference between that and something that's properly paid with a set rate and that sort of thing and um, maybe ask what to expect or not expect from some of these lower tier roles right so um that is is pretty rampant across uh lower tier freelance work is that sometimes the fine print will say things like it's dependent on how many views this gets or it's dependent on how how many follows this project gets how many downloads we end up how many hits we accrue on the website uh, you'll be paid by that rate and you do have to be super wary of those because one they're low tier freelance work so you're probably not going to get paid all that much anyways and two having it be dependent on something as like clicks or downloads or views that is something you might want to view on a client by client basis and be like is this job worth it for me because if they're like a youtuber who has zero subscribers and they're saying you're going to get paid by a views on youtube then you're going to be like i'm not getting paid for this job and there might still be some value in that job maybe you can get on on the ground floor of a new youtube channel and ideally they actually do grow and give you more jobs down the line but that's a decision you're going to have to make um personally and by a client by client basis so just make sure you're doing your research when you audition for something and it's totally fine to audition for things then find out that "Mm, you know what i'm not getting as much value out of this job either actual physical rate wise or in terms of experience wise that you know it might not be worth it for you to pursue that specific gig you know as much as you're auditioning to try and work with these people they're also auditioning to get you to work for them so it's totally fine to be like, mm, you know what? I don't like the idea that I'm getting paid by view on YouTube, especially when you have zero subscribers. I think I'll pass this one. Off. I, I have gotten a little choosier about <laughs> certain uh, roles when, once I, I let's put it this way. I make sure to read the fine print these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's a uh, it's important to get that uh, idea of like be careful what you're auditioning for and know what you're auditioning for 
in the beginning. While we harp on you to get auditions out, to get content, to get credits under your belt, we, uh, we also want you to be happy with the work you do, because that's really important, especially as a hobbyist part-timer. I think that's your greatest concern, is it's nice to get paid, but um, you, you want to do it because you love voice acting, and that you shouldn't lose that love and that passion because of taking crappy gigs after crappy gigs. So be selective about your credits that you do want to when, you know, when it comes to being paid and all of that. Don't let it get in the way of you enjoying the voice acting. Yeah, there, there are certain uh, yeah. things I've looked at where there are uh, roles and it, whether it's paid or not, there are certain roles I've looked at where it's like, you know, I don't think I want to play that role. I, that's just not for me. I'm going to go look for something else. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot to consider just like your own personal comfort there. You don't have to be, you're not obligated to always take every job that you audition for. Exactly. Think about yourself. Be a little selfish. Like like we keep saying, there's a lot of work out there. Um, If you're auditioning, if you're sending out those auditions, if you're looking for roles, you'll find stuff that you like and that they will cast you for. So you can, you know, you can choose what you want to do. It's it's, it's perfectly fine and uh, highly encouraged. I was going to say, and sometimes in unexpected places, I I happened to get a role recently um, that was not even listed simply because I auditioned to be one of the extras in a historical-based thing that I had an interest in. Absolutely. You never know where work is going to come from. Mm Mm-hmm. So just kind of keep your eyes open and do your research on your clients. Uh, read the fine print, especially for these low, low-tier freelance jobs. Is very often, um, you know, you can ex- don't don't expect to be paid an amazing amount for anything, but especially if they're counting like uh, clicks or downloads or views as the basis for recording, you really should be looking for things that are going to pay by the hour or pay by the line or pay by the word those are the those are the gigs that are you can have at least some confidence that you're going to be making your money's worth out of those guys because those those are typically what the industry uses is paid by the hour pay by the word or pay by the line depending on the type of project that you're doing um have either of you looked at sort of a industry rate guide before? Yeah, uh, apparently Global Voice Academy, uh, Casting Code Club, and Gravity for Brain have their own um, rate list. So they are pretty good. And I believe that you can get even um, the rate list uh, per country. So it's you should really check them out. Uh, I believe that we should uh, post the links to these um, guides on the YouTube video, on the description, so that people should uh, check it out by themselves. Those are very um, handy guides. Yeah, they're very handy guides. And I just found out that, um, for example, I used to uh, work for like $5. I had to deliver 300 uh, words, which for most people, that's like uh, very underpaid. But I just uh, looked up my rates for my country and apparently... For 300 words in my country, they will pay you only $7. So 
So it's still underpaid. It's under oh. that standard, but that's the standard in my country. Uh, well, in other countries, uh, you will get paid for a 30 seconds commercial around like $140. Um, in my country, they only pay you $7. So that the rate Ugh, changes that's, like that's a lot. Really, really rough. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, like looking for a local uh, agency and all that, uh, that depends on where you live. So I believe that right now, due to the pandemic and everything, it's actually much better for most voice actors that are not in the States or in um, the UK, uh, because you can have access to international work, which is pretty much like better pay than in most countries. Uh, so you should take this opportunity to get to get into international work. Absolutely. And living in the States, um, the rates here are quite nice. Commercial work, which is kind of like the bread and butter for many, many, many voice actors, is very steady. It's always going to be needed. And it pays quite nicely. For like a 30 second ad spot on TV, you can get paid upwards of like $100 to $500, depending on your area. And, you know, if you're international, having access to that kind of market is phenomenal even as a um, pseudo professional you might be able to reach out to your local stations like uh, we were saying earlier and try to you know uh, apply for some of these commercial work you know let them know that you're around that you voice and that you would be okay like you know sending them uh, like a commercial read for them uh, obviously at that point you're looking into slightly more professional work but you can still do commercial work as a uh, as a part-time hobbyist in fact a lot of people get their start um part-timing hobbying voiceover work because they got a commercial opportunity and they continued to do the work and fell in love with it lots of people think uh you know voice voice actor they think like oh animation cartoons that kind of thing dubbing over a character but Every voice you hear on television, over the radio, or through Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that's a, that's an actor. That's a voiceover artist. That's That could be you. So definitely look, uh, look at that. Look at your local market. And when you start looking to land commercial work and you don't know the person, if you're like cold delivering, trying to sell your voice, you're going to want... A demo of some sort that is super super important where before as a like a hobbyist trying to land character work you'd be okay just sending in an audition um that's not usually how commercial work goes and at least in my experience it, it's usually you get uh you get somebody who says they want a voice actor or a voiceover artist for a commercial read please send your demo uh, to us at this email and then you go well what the hell am I I don't have a demo I'm just a hobbyist um, that is where your prior work comes in if you've done your credits if you've done uh, if you've done your volunteer work jobs your passion projects that is what you use as a sampler you just take compilations of your previous work put them in a nice format that is 30 seconds to a minute long And then you send it to them and you're like, this is my voice. 
But that is super, super important. Once you start breaking into things like getting commercial work, sending it to uh, agencies, sending it to your local stations, you want to get a sampler of your voice out there. Uh, Ashley, have you had any experience where people uh, were like looking for you to send in uh, a, a voice demo or that kind of thing? Have you done anything uh, like that Well, yet? I don't have one yet because I wasn't... Okay, so hearing you guys talk about it helps me know I should just go ahead and put a sample together. I had heard a lot about demo reels and thought, well, do I really want to put one together now or do I want to wait till I finish the 301 course at uh, closing credits? You know, like when when should I do the demo? Because what if I look back at my old work and I go, oh, no, I can't stand listening to this. My new work is so much better. So, but um, if on, on the other hand, on the flip side, I have seen, you know, um, be it a commercial role or be it a character role, things listed where they're like, you need a demo reel. If you don't have one, don't bother applying. So that's the flip side of that. Yes, exactly. And I, I think that hits upon the, the crux of kind of the conflict that a lot of amateur voice actors feel is that on the one hand, we, we keep hearing about how these demos can open up doors for us and that you need a demo to audition, even audition for some projects. But on the other hand, the importance of this demo is really also stressed. And so we, we want it to be so effective and super relevant and reflective of our current skills. Because otherwise, if you have a really crappy demo, then you're not really getting anything out of it. You know, you feel like it's just a waste of time. So you're struggling between the idea of I need this demo so I can get my foot in the door. But also this demo needs to be good enough that when I get my foot through the door, they actually like it and they don't just toss me into the bin right away. And I think that's really unfortunate because it's it's like that old saying where if you wait until you feel like you're ready, then you're going to be waiting forever or, you know, something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. The fear of being ready and making something really good shouldn't paralyze you from making it in the first place. And I think a better way to approach it would be to look at your demo as a sort of evolution of your career and you know I, I, I'm personally of the opinion that having a little beginner demo even if it's really sucky and garbage is better than not having anything at all. Some people have the very rational fear that if they submit something a, a demo that is really really of poor quality that they'll get blacklisted forever and I can understand that but at the same time, I've not had an experience yet where I approach someone and they tell me, wow, that was really bad. We're never going to contact you again. Obviously, that's my experience and your mileage may vary, but I am of the opinion that having a demo or a sampler that reflects your voice, your talent, your acting skills as a voiceover artist as you are right now is better than not having anything at all. But obviously, this is a very deeply personal question that... Uh, you're going to want to tackle personally and put serious thought into and see where you stand on that line of I need to get a demo out there so I can submit it to people who want to hear my voice versus I want to make sure my demo sounds really nice and is of a quality that I appreciate. Find that balance for you personally and honestly, it's your career. You can't go wrong with a personal decision like that. But if you are interested in making sort of a beginner and hobbyist uh, demo, let's let's talk about some things you can put into it. Um, so, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, your first demo, your first sampler can be 
of those passion projects that you have done before or your YouTube videos that you've done before. If you've done a little bit of freelance work, you can put some of the projects that you've been a part of, put a little sample of that of the video or the song where you are present and just take that snippet and be like, throw that together and put that in your demo and it'll be just a representation of your voice and your talents at that time. And I, I understand that, you know, you may look back on your work and be like, ooh, that's cringe. But at the same time, you know, I want, ugh, I want to also show that anyways, because that's where I was. And if you feel like you've grown substantially from that point, then take more recent work. You no, know, just stop using, stop submitting that old demo, that old sampler, and start using your newer works, your newer sampler, and let, let it evolve with your career. And on a more professional note, when you start to look into being to the point where you want to start auditioning for those like mid-tier uh, commercial gigs and, you know, the more serious professional work where they want like a, like a properly produced demo, then at that point you've already had an established career, you've already been a part of many credits, you already have that experience under your belt, that is when I would say go and approach a studio go look to professionally produce a demo. And, and I think, Manuel, you've got some thoughts on the more professional side of demo making. Sure. Yeah, uh, I believe that you have to really plan ahead, though, with a demo, because not only it um, it's a huge investment, but also you really need to know uh, what you really want with your career. As you know, uh, you have mentioned the commercial work, but we also have the um, character work which basically you can do make a living with character work, but it will be much harder uh, because the, it doesn't pay as much as uh, commercial work. Like you say, commercial work is the bread and butter. But if you're wanting to have a demo, um, you should really think about your options because if what you want to do is to become a full-time uh, voice actor, probably the easiest way is through commercial work and you will need to invest money on a commercial demo. Because uh, if you want to do character work, you actually have to have an animation demo, uh, which is completely different. Okay, so they are completely different sides of uh, this career. So you, the best thing to do, of course, is having both, but that's gonna cost you double, right? Those are two different demos. So if you want to start getting some money, probably what you should invest in first is uh, the commercial demo. Never try having a animation demo for character work at first. Unless you really want to do that and you hate commercial work. Because you you can really send your animation or character work demo uh, to people that want your voice for commercials. Because they want a commercial demo, not one for character voice. Yeah, and the, the big the big thing there is is selling knowing your audience right knowing your client um the, the reason you don't sell your animation demo to your commercial clients is because uh, unless there's something like a kids commercial they don't want a character voice per se they want a voice that fits the current trends in commercial uh commercials right now which you know, when people think commercial reads, they think of the classic, ah, here's a product, like 1980s announcer voice. You want this product, this is what you want to buy, buy it now. But uh, in reality, 
the commercial field is constantly shifting and the current trends are what they're going to want to hear. So for commercial work, keep your nose to the ground for what the commercials sound like right now. Like actually listen to how the actors are delivering commercials on TV, on your YouTube videos. Like I know it's five seconds, you want to skip it. But as a voiceover artist now, that's, that's kind of important to you because if you want to land those commercial gigs, there, there's a good chance that your client's going to ask you to replicate that kind of delivery that you're hearing in real life. And right now that, that kind of trend is uh, the kind of friend that, you know, you've known your whole life and they're kind of cooler than you and they use this thing and you should buy that thing so you can be as cool as your friend. That's kind of how commercial reading is going right now. It's very personal, very casual, very natural. People aren't looking for actors right now. People are looking for real people who can act, which sounds asinine as a voice actor, but <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's the trend. People, people want you to be real, so you have to act being real, which sounds funny because we're all real people, right? We're all just regular humans. What do you mean act real? I am real. But that, I mean, that's the, that's the delivery. They want you to be real to the person listening. They want you to be their friend, approachable. They don't want you to be this announcer, this kind of stereotypical guy who's trying to get a product pushed, a car salesman. They don't want you to be that. They want you to be the listener's friend. But that's where it is currently. You know, two years, this could change and there could be a different trend. We could be back to the announcer voice. It could be something completely different, but it's different. I was going to say, I, I really hear what you're saying there about the friend and your friend likes this. And, you know, maybe you would like this because your friend likes it and your friend says why they like it. It's interesting you say that because it, the most lucrative prospect I have on the table right now in my life came because I was explaining to a friend about this particular place where I enjoyed going. And it turns out that the owner of the place was getting set to make a commercial and happened to hear me talking to my friend and said, can you do that for our local commercial? It's just a local place, but you never know. You never know for, for sure, dude. That's like, oh my God, that's like perfect. It's a local business that just heard you and was like, oh my God, do that for me, please. I'll pay you money. <laughs> that is a... I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I'm just like, yes, yes, I will definitely do this. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Never be shy about being a voice actor because you never know where opportunities are going to come from. And that's awesome. Love that for you, Ashley. Yeah, now, so this is the reason why you do your passion projects because that way people will be able to get to know you and your voice uh, without you have, having to send in a demo or something like that. Absolutely. Is there anything that you guys um, want to add before we close out the episode? Because I know uh, there's a lot of talking that we did, so I want to make sure that we hit on something. If you had like a thought that related to something that we had said earlier and want to get that out before we close out, now would be the time. Well, they, you should really invest in uh, voice acting courses because uh, the expert can really tell you uh, how to start. Because if you are by yourself and you just watch a lot of tutorials on YouTube or something like that, uh, like there's too much information to take in. So you really should uh, try to take a voice acting course at first before you even try to uh, get some pay gigs uh, just to know the business and what you're really getting into. 
absolutely. The input of a professional and just a little bit of coaching is immensely valuable. And honestly, we all came from closing credits, which is extremely affordable. And for the price point, they have phenomenal, phenomenal teaching. And there's so much value there. And they're not, they're really not that expensive. It's, I believe it's, it was like $100, $120 for a class, which compared to local Chicago prices, that was awesome. <laughs> it was very, very awesome. If you even compare that to a local community college, it's still an awesome price. I mean, goodness. Yeah. Like, we're not sponsored by our, our teachers here, but boy, do they have a great thing going at closing credits. And <laughs> It, it will set you it will set you up taking that class you will by by you taking that class you will sound far more experienced than your other amateur peers because that little bit of teaching goes so far yeah i, I can't so, recommend so, so it enough and it's a yeah. lot of teaching <laughs> no definitely and even as myself like coming from a third world country uh even the price is like very affordable that's like even less um Let's see, per month. I don't know if they still have like the monthly thing going on. I think they said they were gonna um, not let people pay monthly by monthly installments, but I think they have kept it there. Right. Uh, but even then, just paying for class that people may think like from third world country may think that's a lot of money $100, uh, $300, especially because here where I live, like the, the early rate is like two, three dollars per hour. And that's like the average rate. So $100, $200 for a class may seem like very uh, like expensive for third world countries. But it's actually pretty affordable when you think about how uh, schools uh, charge you uh, per month. Which is basically uh, like you're paying like $50 per month um, here in closing credits. While in schools here, they will charge you like $70, $100. So it's actually when you think about how much uh, schools... Like any kind of academy charge you, like it's pretty affordable. Absolutely. Cannot recommend enough. Well said. All right. And on that note, I think we have to close out the episode for today. We've been going for quite a bit of time. I hope this gives you a brief insight into the financial side of voice acting. Hopefully it answers at least some of your questions. It's not a lot of time we have to speak with you. So we will absolutely be having an episode two where we dive more into specifics, the actual rates you should be looking for in the industry standard for different markets around the world, around the US, and financial planning, budgeting for your career, what the investment costs are going to be for different things like equipment, light classes, and more. We will see you guys next time for that. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you.